The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! I mean, I started when I was six, so I was like, why is this man with a camera in my face. I just completely, like, I did not understand what we were doing. But as time went on, of course, it got more, I got used to it. It was like, this is my life now. (laughs) It got to a point where it was a lot for me because I didn't even have any time for myself even, just because it was constant, it was dance, 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 dance. So I even quit dance one time just and quit the show because, because I was like, I can't do this anymore. It's like a lot of pressure and But on the show, we would compete every single week, and that's not normal. Kenzie Ziegler is on the Him and Her show today. She's an American singer, actress, former dancer, and internet personality. She is 19 years old, and she has built a massive following. I feel like she has like 14 million followers, a massive brand, and she is really killing it with her singing career. You may recognize her because she appeared as a child for six years on the Lifetime reality dance series, Dance Moms. To see her come on our show as a 19-year-old blows my mind. At 19, I was showing my tits somewhere in Cabo. (laughs) So props to her. In this episode, she's going to walk us through growing up in the spotlight, how she manages her business, and how she manages all of this in the spotlight because it's a lot. Let's welcome singer and songwriter Kenzie to the Him and Her show. This is the Skinny Confidential, Him and Her. Taylor, don't get excited. She's 19 years old. She don't just became her, legal, Taylor. Don't even look at her. <laughs> that is hilarious. Okay, so we have someone I think is one of the most successful 19-year-olds I've ever met. Thank you so much. The amount of success that you have had at 18, 19 years old is crazy. I was like with a fake ID on the bar (laughs) half naked at your age. I love that though. Yeah, it was fun. But like, I feel like what you're doing, you're on the right path. Thank you. Thank you. I I was under the bar on the floor. Right. You were under the bar looking at my skirt. I was trying. Yeah, you were. Okay. So I I would love to just, I told you off air, just tell your story and I would love to go... Taylor makes fun of me that I say this. (laughs) I would love to go all the way back. I would Mm -hmm. love to go back to your childhood before Dance Moms. Mm. So talk to us about what your family dynamic was before Dance Moms even came about. You know, it's honestly really hard to kind of go back and remember everything just because I was so young. But my family dynamic was kind of complicated just because my mom and my dad, from what I can remember, were going through a divorce very, very young. I think I was around four years old. And it was just my sister and I in the house. But I think when I turned five is when we moved out of my dad's house and moved into just like a random home, just the three of us. So, And what was that like? Do you even remember at four and five years old? I don't fully remember, but I, I remember that it was a very hard time because I was such a daddy's girl when I was younger. So I think it was definitely more difficult for me than it was for my sister, for sure. I have a three-year-old and... 
I sometimes look at her and I'm like, is she going to remember this period? And I could never figure it out because I can't remember being three. They probably just remember like feelings and emotions, Mm -hmm. you know, like not specific things. Totally. I remember core memories, like just important memories when I was younger. So when you moved in with your mom and your sister and your dad was away, was that easy? Was it difficult? It, It was hard because I still didn't really understand what was going on. Just because when you're when you're four, like you don't understand divorce. And all I just remember was just my dad not being there. And it was just really strange. And I didn't see him that much. So. And what about your sister? Are you close at this point? My sister and I are best friends. Yes. But she was the one that would like constantly get me ready for school when I was younger. And like when my mom was at work, she would pour my cereal for me. And like she my sister was She's always mentally been way older than she is. Like, she seriously was like my second mom. It was really awesome. What's the gap in age? We're 20 months apart. Oh, wow. Close. Mm -hmm. Super close. Very, very close. And is she still like that today? Yes. Yes. Even more now than she was before. (laughs) So at what point do you start really getting into dance? We both started dancing when we were two years old. Very, very young. Because of your mom or your dad? My dad actually went to college with my dance teacher. So... We we kind of decided to go to dance because of how he knew her. And also my mom just like loved how we looked in a tutu. So, of course. Do I need to get my daughter into dance yes. immediately? Yes. She, when I took her to dance class and she like was off in the corner Aww. doing her own dance. Like not I love the that. dance. Not the da- no, I loved it. I loved it too. It was hysterical. Yeah. She's off in the corner making up her own thing. Like, I don't, I don't even know what she was doing. She might not have even been dancing. <laughs> she gets that from me. That's what I used to do in school. I would just kind of be <laughs> off in the corner doing my own thing. <laughs> were you me guys too. taking dance really seriously when you were really little or was it something that sort of evolved? It kind of evolves. I mean, when you're like two, of course, you've seen like the, you kind of just like don't really learn anything. It's more just fun. And we started with like tap and acro. So we would just like have little tap shoes and we had so much fun but Maddie took it very very seriously when she was around like six I never fully took dance seriously I feel like it was more of you know all of my friends were there I also wasn't I was homeschooled for most of my life so that was like my main oh what's that like I want to talk about that actually you know I I it's a it's a hard question because I loved being homeschooled I mean my sister was like my only classmate and we got to go in our pjs and like go at any time and you know, my stepdad was like my teacher. So it was like very, it was very nice to have like a, a one of teacher that like kind of helps you through everything. But I did miss out on, you know, all the school things like football games, homecoming. But were you able to go be social at those kind of events or because you're homeschooled, you're not able to go? You are able to go if, if of course, you have friends there. So I, I attended some football games, but it wasn't the full experience, you know, and most most people would be like, who? why is she here? Like, who is this person? From an education standpoint, do you feel like you got a proper education or do you Definitely. feel like, Yeah, because, you know, I think like there's a lot of people are debating the homeschool route these days where I feel mm-hmm. like back when you did it, it was still a little, I mean, we all started being homeschool way back in the day mm-hmm. and then everyone started going to school, but this is becoming more popular now. A lot of parents are talking about this, especially because people are trying to figure out school choice and what curriculum they want for their kids to learn. But I always wonder like one, the social aspect, Mm -hmm. if you feel you got it. And two, like from an education standpoint, if you feel you got maybe a better education or. You know, I, we went to school till I was in third grade. So, but we actually got kicked out of school because we missed so many days of school because of dance, because dance kind of consumes your whole entire life. So we got kicked out of school. Then we did home, we did homeschool, but we started online, which 
was the easiest thing ever. Like, I swear I cheated through the For whole sure. fourth grade. Like, it was so simple. And I just felt like I wasn't learning anything. And my stepdad, like, I'm very lucky. He was, he was retired. So he started teaching us. And I, he was so smart and he really helped me. And it's kind of nice, like, knowing your teacher on that kind of level. Yeah, I feel like I got a better education. I did like two grades in one year. Like well, I, you, I you get like a ton of personal attention. Yes, right? of course. It's so nice, like having that like hands-on attention. For and sure. I guess you can like kind of pick the curriculum to follow. What do they do? They just go through what I guess the required curriculums are to get credits, right? Because mm-hmm. you still get credits to go to college if you want, right? Yes, of course. Yeah, I did all. I did everything that I would be doing in school. So I kind, I did textbooks. I did all of the textbooks I would be doing in school. No, I think like I mean honestly, it's we're we're parents, and I think especially now with school safety and all sorts like people really like question where they want to put their kids. Um, It's like kind of scary times when a kid's in school. I am very lucky, honestly, that I didn't go to school because I would be terrified for sure. So there's pros and cons. There's pros and cons. Okay. At what point does the dance moms, (laughs) the dance moms producer approach you or your mom? How does that even work? It's honestly really funny, but basically the dance world on the East Coast is like pretty huge and take it very, very seriously. There's crazy moms everywhere on the East Coast. So they went around to a bunch of different studios. They wanted to create a show on, you know, dance, dancing, but it was supposed to be a documentary. So they went around with a bunch of studios and our moms were the craziest. So they they went with our studio and we... They interviewed everyone at our studio. They picked us. We were super excited because we thought it was just going to be a docu-series. And then the first episode we were filming ended up, there was a fight between two moms. And so they they made it into a reality show that day. And so help me through this, guys. So the moms are fighting because they are competitive and they want their kids to be the stars is that essentially summing it up they want the best outfit they yeah. want the best hair and makeup they want their kid to have a solo the leg to <laughs> kick the highest I, could, I mm-hmm. mean i could lie to you and pretend i was regularly tuning in That's it's not i just maybe i was not don't the watch target. it I, I might now that i so i have a weird thing we should do dance dads no i, I you agree can be the dad. <laughs> yes. i have a weird thing when people come on the show this show if I haven't seen their show, I almost can't watch it. But now that I've met you, now I might have to watch it. It's the same thing with like people from reality shows come on or docu series. Right. Like, now that now that I know you, now I'm like, okay, now I have like a connection point to the show. Totally. So I'll be tuning into Dance Moms. Oh my gosh, please no! But I honestly was I was like six years old, so I I look very different than I do now. <laughs> you mentioned that your mom was crazy. Why was your mom crazier than the other moms? My mom was not the craziest one. She was. I will say okay. no. She she. I think the reason why people thought she was so crazy is she just wanted the best for us always. That's not so crazy. What's no, the base level she, crazy? Like if you're if you're give rating us crazy. your mom one to ten compared to the other moms. I think I think there were a few moms on the show that like obviously we we still talk to. I mean when you were when we were younger, the producers would obviously like make them yell at each other or whatever. But sometimes like the moms would get in fist fights. Sometimes the mom would like throw drinks at one another. Like they would they just fight over their kids and who's better constantly. So like there was this one episode where like they were in New Orleans and like one of the moms like throws a drink on the other one. Mothers are fist fighting on this show? Oh yeah. Now I'm definitely tuning oh, in. Oh yeah. Now I'm seeing it. I mean oh. I get it. I've never seen like a full episode so I, I feel like I need to go back and watch it just for that. Okay so outside <laughs> of just the dancing it's yeah. also the drama of these mothers that want their children to be the best. Yes absolutely. Okay. Dance moms. Got it. Yes. Got it. Yeah haven't you seen like cheerleading it's moms? It's like pageant too? moms. Yeah. <laughs> they're Got like it? they're. it's almost a little bit 
to me and tell, correct me if I'm wrong, that the mom's almost living vicariously through the child. <laughs> it's most of the time. What's Did you happening? feel like that or was it not like that with your mom? My mom, no. My mom never wanted to be a dancer and she never really thought that we were going to be doing it professionally. But my sister was like, really wanted to pursue it. I, I was just there for the fun of it, you know. So looking back, you're, it sounds like you're happy with how your mom handled it because she just wanted the best for yes. you and had good intentions. Absolutely, yes. And did those, did that, tr- I mean, it obviously worked out because look where you are now. Right. I mean, she obviously was on the right trajectory. Mm-hmm. What about the other moms that were like crazy and fighting? How did their kids turn out? Are they amazing? They're all amazing. Yes, they're so amazing. You know, right. most of, some of them are, you know, went to college and, and started becoming like a normal kid, which I totally understand. And yeah, we still talk. To, we still talk to all of them. We're still very close. My mom like has a podcast with all the moms. So it's like, yeah, it's it's hilarious. So they all podcast together? They all podcast together. And it's great. It's honestly so great. I bet <laughs> it's funny. It is funny because now they're like so past the point and they just like all love each other because we have like all grown up with each other, basically. What was it like having all these producers in your ear at such a young age? Do you did you think it was weird at the time or just normal? I I mean, I started when I was six. So I was like, why is this man with a camera in my face? I just completely like I did not understand what we were doing. But as time went on, of course, it got more. I got used to it. It was like, this is my life now. <laughs> and did you still be homeschooled while you were while you were doing this? Mm-hmm. So you're homeschooling, you're doing dance. What was like a big epiphany or break that happened when you were on the show? It got to a point where it was a lot for me because I didn't even have any time for myself even just because it was const- it was dance, 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 dance. So I even quit dance one time just and quit the show because for like two days because I was like, I can't do this anymore. It's like a lot of pressure and especially competition is very hard. But on the show, you know, we would compete every single week. And that's not normal for an actual dancer. It's like once every few months. You said you quit, but were every single day, did you wake up and were you like dreading it? Or was it something that you really loved? I definitely did dread it for sure. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it, to do that all the time when you're that little, it'd be, it's, it's essentially like you have a full-time job. Of course. Yes, totally. So looking back, would you recommend, like, would you want to put your th- kids through this or no dance I think yes I definitely when I have kids later 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 in life I would definitely put them into dance in like because 20 years in like, like 20 <laughs> years not right now um but I feel like honestly dance just kind of being in that world has made me mature has taught me a lot of things and taught me how to stand up for myself as well because the dance world is like crazy like other other girls are are mean so I I feel like I it, I got like tough skin from it so I yeah I would recommend when you it. started to get recognized from the show, was that a trip? <laughs> it was so weird. It was so weird. And how old were you when this happens? Six. Oh, so it's really weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I was in school. I was in school for like the first year of it. And it was like so weird seeing all my friends be like obsessed with me. Like it was just like. Really, wait, wait, wait. What do you, wait, what do you mean it was so just weird? Just because to- the show bl- like blew up so fast and I didn't even know really what was going on but then you know everyone would be like so what's this and ask all these questions and all these questions and I would just be like wait you watch the show like you actually watch the show like this is crazy <laughs> that is a trip yeah so people like doing things for the wrong reasons or just being really intrigued I by think you. they were just really intrigued yeah. I mean we were so young that they were probably just like this is so cool that you're on a show you know it's interesting we've met so many people doing this mm-hmm. and there's a certain thing like if you reach a certain level of notoriety, you almost like people just 
a lot of people don't know how to treat that person mm-hmm. totally. in the way that they would treat other like people that maybe don't have those platforms. And people behave differently around people with those kind of platforms. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, being on the receiving end of that at times, like it's 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 awkward because at the end of the day, you realize like everybody's just a, a person. It's right. Just some people have a little bit more of a, I guess, like a platform or, or recognizability. But it's we it's 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 weird because I think people just don't know how to engage around people that have that level of exposure. Completely. I I totally got why people were so weird with me when I was younger. As that's evolved and you've gotten older and you've gotten even more followers and you've gotten even more famous, how do you sort of like gatekeep that? I feel like for me, I'm very, it's just been a, my life. Yeah. Like really, uh, my whole life is on the internet. So I, I feel like very okay with it. And I feel like I'm very authentic with my followers or whatever you want to call them like I I feel like they know everything about me which I think is really cool because most of them have grown up watching the show and have are watching what I'm doing now and they're you know my age and it's it's really it's really awesome throughout the the show being on how did your relationships with all your family members evolve it was a hard dynamic with my family because of course they didn't understand and from just being little kids to being just like on the one of the biggest like TV shows, it was like very weird for them. And they also just felt kind of awkward reaching out because I feel like they thought that we had this ego, that we were better than them, which never like it's a reality show. Like it's not, you know, <laughs> that's interesting. I've never heard anyone say yeah. that, but that makes so much mm-hmm. sense. So instead of overreaching out and being like, all up your ass. They mm-hmm. were complete opposite yeah. and they stopped reaching out because they thought you had an ego and they that you wouldn't want to hear from of them. Of course. Huh. Is it still like that now? No, I feel like, you know, we've definitely grown closer to our family now, but it was just like a weird dynamic. And it was just like when we would go to like Thanksgiving, it was like kind of awkward just because they were like, they probably don't want to be here or whatever so that makes total it, sense. yeah it makes a lot of sense yeah it's opposite of what you normally hear but that makes a lot of mm-hmm. sense what about with your dad were you able to stay in touch with him while you were filming the show yeah he he would sometimes come to our like dance competitions to support but he it's slowly and slowly as we got older it kind of just no communication really he chose to kind of just not come around anymore yeah i mean my family is like a complicated dynamic where like I have like eight other siblings. So they've, he's been remarried like three times. So, so he, he has like a whole he has new family. Other children. Yeah. Yes. And, but, and you guys were the first ones. So my dad was married before he met my mom and had two boys. And then now, you know, my, my, my mom married him. And so then it was the four of us. And then he remarried, has three kids. But my stepdad had two kids before he married my mom. So. Oh. If that, when I explain this to people, they're like, can you repeat that? Like, so there's <laughs> nine total. Yes. Yeah. But your dad has seven kids. Yes, basically. Yes. Got it. Got it. Four real kids. But yes, like three step kids. Got it. I think, I think I got it. <laughs> it's, I know, right? <laughs> it is complicated. It is complicated. So, so during Dance Moms, did you know that you were sort of building the brand that you have today? Obviously you were six, but as it went on, did you know that you were building something like bigger Absolutely not. No. no idea. No. How long did it go on? Like when, when you finished all this, like what, what age were you? I was 12. Okay. So we, still yeah, we left, we left earlier than the rest of the show ended. Like we were just like, we can't do this anymore. That's yeah, still but a long it's time. smart Six to leave years, the party geez. early. Of course. I know, right? Hard to leave the party mm. early. So when, when you leave, you have this social platform. 
And you, when did you know that this is going to be a massive thing that it is today? I mean, you have 14 million followers <laughs> on Instagram. Like, it's crazy. It is crazy to me still. I, I, it is crazy. I still, I don't think I really ever like was like, I'm going to be massive. I feel like it was more just like, this is genuinely my life. Like, it's just been my life for so long that it just felt normal to me. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. It felt super, super normal. And after we left the show, it, it kind of made us have just more fun with like reacting, like interacting with people and doing more things and like doing brands and just like do, doing a bunch of things that we wouldn't be able to do on the show because we were so busy all the time. So when did you start sort of adding in the singing and adding in what you're doing with American Eagle? Like what you are, you're obviously building a brand and being thoughtful and purposeful about it. When did you start to do all these things? When I was on the show, they actually put me into like making a music project when I was like eight years old, which was like, I had still, I, I had no idea what I was doing. So I, I loved singing. So they kind of just like put me into that. But when I, I stopped for a while after the show because I just thought, you know, I probably only did this because of the show. I don't think it's actually a passion of mine. But when I started, when I turned like 13, I realized that it's something I really wanted to do just because I love sharing my story in like a different way and, and being relatable. And I feel like music is kind of like therapy for me. So it, it's, I don't enjoy therapy as much. So All right, I'm going to tell you something that changed the game when it comes to sleeping for my son. Like, I wish I had this with Zaza. I'm so sad I didn't. And that is a lightly weighted sleep sack. Okay, there are things that I do to get my son to sleep. And this is such a big one. I do the smallest little bit of white noise. I like 528 hertz playing in his room obviously dark. I don't like any light. And then I do a lightly weighted sleep sack. And the one that I use is by Dreamland Baby. You guys, let me tell you about this. The dream weighted sleep sack is a real dream, especially for your baby, because it helps the baby sleep so much. I can't even tell you what a good sleeper Towns is. And it's not even that he's like a good sleeper. It's just that I have all the right tools. And the best tool is the weighted sleep sack. They have all different colors. I did like a neutral one and then I also got him a white one. So we switch it up. It's beautiful fabric and it keeps them calm. I noticed the second that I put it on him, he associates it with sleep and it immediately calms his nervous system. This makes total sense because I use a weighted blanket and I'm immediately calmed down. Go to dreamlandbabyco.com and enter our code SKINNY at checkout. You receive 20% off site-wide plus free shipping. This offer is for new and existing customers. That's dreamlandbabyco.com. Enter our code SKINNY. I just bought and snagged the most beautiful baby pink Prada wallet. And it was used, but it came in amazing condition. But most importantly, I knew it was real. Okay. That is because of eBay's authenticity guarantee that protects buyers from fakes. So you know that you're getting the real deal if you shop on their site. eBay is where it's at if you never want to get faked over again. Their service currently covers items across sneakers, watches, handbags, jewelry, and streetwear. You can like search anything you want. I have found some really good vintage finds. I even found like a Celine bag on there that's baby blue. Just go on there and peruse, I'm telling you. 
you should know that any item with a blue authenticity guarantee checkmark is guaranteed to be the real deal. So it's sent to an authentication team who personally inspects the items and then checks it against the listing and authenticates it. So you can ensure that your next purchase is real with the eBay authenticity guarantee. Some of the handbag brands that they have are Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Saint Laurent, Dior, Prada, Fendi. They also have some amazing watches like Rolex. I'm telling you, go on there. You will not be disappointed. The jewelry is legit. Tiffany, David Yurman, Van Cleef. There's just some really beautiful pieces. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay authenticity guarantee. Everyone deserves real. Visit ebay.com for terms. That's ebay.com. Quick break to talk about Delola. You know how much Lauren and I love a good cocktail, and we recently found the newly launched Delola Spritz. Delola Spritz is founded by Jennifer Lopez, and it makes enjoying a delicious cocktail super simple. Delola is a delicious world-crafted cocktail that's made with premium spritz and natural botanicals, and you just pour it over ice and relax. It's perfect by the pool with your friends, especially out here in Austin, considering how hot it is. Another thing I love is it's made with no artificial ingredients. There's all kinds of different options for everyone. There is a Paloma Rosa spritz, which is made with tequila, grapefruit, and elderflower. If tequila isn't your thing, there is a Bella Berry Spritz, which is made with vodka, berries, and hibiscus. And if you're not into liquor, there is the La Orange made with Amaro, orange, and passion fruit. So there really is something for everyone. Delola is gluten-free, 110 calories per serving. And like I said, it's made with natural botanicals. It also has less alcohol than traditional cocktails. So it's about the same as a glass of wine. Delola is great for entertaining. If you know anything about Lauren and myself, you know that we're constantly on the go. And it's great to have something like Dulola because it's all in the bottle. You just pour it over ice and enjoy. No need for mixing so you can entertain without all the effort of making cocktails at home. So go ahead and visit delolalife.com to find a store near you that carries Delola. You can also follow at Delola on Instagram to learn more. Please enjoy responsibly. So again, make sure to go check out dulolalife.com so you can find a store near you that carries Dulola. And you can also follow at Dulola on Instagram to learn more. Please enjoy responsibly. How does one even start going about a singing career? I mean, you said you started when you're 13, you're 19 now. So that's, it's, it's taken a lot of it's work, clearly. Lot. Yeah. How did you even start to put those pieces together? You know, I got signed to a label very, very young when I was 13, I think. And they kind of just like put me in a bunch of sessions with people and I was meeting new people. I was making so much music and it was kind of difficult because I was so young that it was kind of like a scary, it was a whole new environment because I'm so used to the dance industry that the music industry is completely different. So yeah, that's kind of how I, I started. I left them as of now, but I, I was with them for quite a while. When you get signed to a label, is that like, we were talking to somebody else about this on the mm -hmm. show. What kind of relevancy do they play in your career now? Because I mean, things have changed so much where like literally you could just create something and share it with your 14 million people right. right away. Like, so do you, what do they do for you specifically at this point? They basically put you on playlists. They get you in rooms with different, you know, writers and producers and they, they overall just push everything just a little more because so, of course social media can do so much, but now like TikTok is a thing where it's like, if your song blows up on there, then it will blow up outside of TikTok. But you know, they... So is that the goal now? People try to get stuff on TikTok and have it blow up? I guess so. I mean, I'm honestly not... Like, I love TikTok, but it's it's kind of... It's weird for me just because how, when I was younger, music would just... You would go buy someone's CD and, like, play it all the time. And it was, like, 
that kind of thing. You would just support one person. But now it's like there's so many new artists, which I think is really cool. But it's just like a different It's like thing. Uh, Taylor Swift songs. I feel like whenever they're on TikTok, it does blow up way mm-hmm. bigger than I think it would if there wasn't TikTok. Totally. It's weird, huh? But no, you're right yeah. though. Like we used to go buy albums. Right. You know, I used to go to the warehouse and bring, buy a CD and I used to have my no skip disc jockey thing, mm-hmm. right? With the, what is no skip disc? You know, disc? like <laughs> you, people don't even remember this. It's you put the CD in there. Taylor, you remember these things? And, and if you hit it, you were like fancy if you had one that didn't skip when you were playing it. Mm, it was before the skipped. iPod. I never before. noticed it. Yeah, you had the you had that crusty version. I had the I had the no skip. This the crusty you could, version. You could drop this thing on the cement and still be still be good. But, no, but you would listen to like the whole album. Right. Now I feel like a lot of it is just like listening to one song, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, there's of course. so many. So many. What is it like coming from the East Coast to Hollywood? It was definitely very weird for me. <laughs> Jarring, huh? <laughs> yes, because where yeah. I lived, it's very, everyone knows each other. It's like very small town. And so when I came here, also, I, I always tell people this because I think it's so funny. When we first moved here, we thought Hollywood Boulevard was like the only thing in L.A., Everyone so like we only that. I went that too. No, I, I I get that. Like you think that that streets like the like famous street yes, where you're gonna it. see celebrities walking by. <laughs> and now I drive by and I'm like, this is so dirty and like scary. Don't like want to hang out up there, right? Yeah. It's like what? But yeah, when I moved here, I honestly, I of course, I was so excited because this was kind of the place to be. But we moved during the show, so we had to like live out here for like a long time. It's a weird city to break into. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I think a lot of people struggle with this city because, they, one, they don't realize how big it is. Right. Like, in New York, you can kind of bounce, bounce around and, and do that. Like, the transportation's not great here and it's no. massive. And then you kind of don't really know where to go when you first come and it's hard to find your people. I mean, you've probably experienced it. Of course. I think a lot of people have a much different notion of what LA is compared to what it actually is. Right. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it better than that. No, I get it, though. Like, it has a lot of the great things you think about, but it also has a lot of tough things about it. Mm hmm. So mm-hmm. what was that like? Was it, was it, how did you make friends? How did you break in? What do you do? I met a lot of people at, because, you know, our dance teacher opened a studio out here and this was when the show was really big, I guess. And it's so weird saying that it was, but it was pretty big. And we had a dance studio where everyone would just come and take classes because of the show. And so there was just a bunch of random people. And so I started making friends with kind of like, kids in the industry that were doing music or acting or whatever because there are so many kids here like trying to make it in Hollywood so I made a lot of friends and I made too many friends I feel like I was like making friends with the wrong people when I was younger some of those people were there for the wrong reasons definitely maybe they like saw your platform and thought hey I can kind of hang on here and develop something for myself definitely or even just like you know there's a lot of fake people here and I I don't think I really understood that until I grew up like I just wanted to be friends with everyone well it's a weird city and I gotta say this kindly because but it's a weird city because it's one of the only places in the world where people come with the idea that they're talented enough to have the world watching them or listening to them or caring about their saying and so you get these kind of like you know you're not pursuing a normal career path like Mm -hmm. it is it's a strange career path to come here and be like, okay, someone's going to discover me or I'm going to get in the right group and then they're going to watch me or I'm going to get in a movie or I'm right. going to get in a show or I'm going to get some music. It's just a weird, like it, it attracts a kind of a weird person to begin with. I, I'm not, I mean, like, we're some of those people, right? <laughs> but it's, it's not like other places like, okay, I'm going to go work in a job and work up in the company and like put in, the, it's, it's just a different it's thing, so weird, right? Yeah. And so you have these kind of strange characters 
many of which are looking for fast track opportunities. Like maybe they see you and they're like, oh, here's this young girl with a big platform. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to come in and be her friend, but it's really like trying to get something from you. It's like, it's a lot of that. Of so I think like it gets a reputation of a lot of fake people, but it's just because there's a lot of these kind of people that are taking this awkward career path. Of course. Well, I of think course. that people are using three things in the city. They're either using their talent, their looks, or other people. Mm-hmm. And it sounds to me you're using your talent. Of course, you're beautiful too, but you're, you. you're using your talent to get to where you want to be. And then you maybe meet up with someone who's using other people. Yes. Well, and there's an element of the city that everybody comes with, with the mentality of like, I need to be discovered. And so if you think if you've found somebody that can help do that mm-hmm. for you, you maybe latch onto them for a reason outside of just be- being their friend. Of course, of course. And that's probably a tough thing to navigate as a young girl being new to this type of city. Yes. And funny enough, my mom like always knew because moms have this weird intuition thing. My mom always knew when someone walked through our house, she would be like, Kenzie, they're not they're not going to be good for you. And I would always just be like, what do you mean, mom? Like, what do you I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to prove you wrong. And I would always be like, you're right. Because, of course, I feel like here people grow up so fast here. So, like, you know, bad things start to happen when you're younger. But in Pittsburgh, that would never happen. So I like got in with the wrong crowd. I never did anything bad, but I just was like surrounding myself with wrong people. And my mom always knew. Yeah, you're just exposed to a lot of yes. really fast. Yes. What about your sister? Is she sort of doing the same thing you're doing at this point? <laughs> no, my sister has always been an angel. She has never surrounded herself with bad people. It's crazy. She's just always been amazing. I think she, when she moved out here, she was like, keep my circle small, which is like, what you really should do. She told you to keep your circle mm-hmm. small. And so how did you how did you cut out anyone who was toxic? Were you just curt with it or did you good did you back away slowly? I think I backed away slowly. I'm too nice to be. I'm like I'm really scared of confrontation. So Bethany Frankel said in this episode of Housewives, she goes she goes instead of severing it, really like instead of cutting cutting it, she said always back away slowly. It's easier to back away mm-hmm. slower. Because if you just sever it, then it's like this big to do. And I feel like if you just back off slowly, sometimes it's easier. I agree. Yeah. Because then there's like less ego for the other person. Right. Less hatred even, you know. Yeah. So you wrote your song about your childhood story. Talk Mm -hmm. to us about that. You know, I started doing therapy when I was when I first turned 18 years old And I didn't know I had all of these feelings about my dad growing up. I feel like when I was younger, I would just kind of be like, I have daddy issues and like joke about it with my friends because I mean, it is a normal thing that, you know, parents are divorced, but it didn't really hit me until I I turned 18 and I was bawling my eyes out every day in therapy over him. It was just a weird moment. And she told me to write a letter to my dad so I can kind of get all of that emotion out. And I did not want to do that. I felt really weird doing that. So I ended up just writing a song for her to hear. Like it was just for her to hear. And I ended up like loving it more than anything I've ever done. So it was it was very scary to put it out. But I honestly feel like I've I'm helping a lot of people as well. You has know? your dad heard it? Yes, he has. And what does he say? He, you know, he he actually called me about it and it we kind of didn't really talk about it. I think he was like, I heard your song. It's really pretty. Like, it's beautiful. And I was like, thank you. Do you hate it? And he was like, I don't hate it. And he was kind of just like, there's parts that I don't like about it. But he apologized, which was like 
never really heard that from him. So That's it was kind very of, cathartic. Wh- yeah. What were the circumstances that got you into therapy at such a young age? Because... We talk about that a lot on the show too. That's, that's, that's young to start. Yeah. I think honestly, just like, I feel like I have a lot of anxiety. And so like I, it got really bad at one point where my mom was like, you need to talk to someone about this because it was getting so bad to the point where I would like drive in my car and like pass out just because I was so anxious. Just like panic attacks? Yeah. I would just have massive panic attacks. My sister and I both are the same. Like we've just been dealing with it. And I genuinely think it's just because of us being in the public eye so young. Like, it's just a lot on a young girl. And there's a lot of things that we haven't really come to terms with. I think we're just, we kind of bury it inside, which is something you should absolutely not do. Well, you know, again, we've had people with similar stories here on the show. I think Mm -hmm. one of the benefits that Lauren and I have had is, you know, we're almost twice your age and we kind of grew up without any of this stuff. And then as it's, as the platforms have grown, like, we're fully adults with all our faculties and we've got a lot of experiences. And so we've been able to kind of like almost curate and manage that experience, but to be in it since you're six years old and know nothing different. I mean, I know how people are. People can be crazy and (laughs) wild. And if that becomes your life, like you may think you're managing it well, but I imagine that can compound and compound. And all of a sudden you're sitting there like one day, like, Hey, like I I feel, I think Mm -hmm. what could, what would be hard there's a lot of asks from a lot of people and it's a lot of outrageous asks and it's it's almost like Chinese torture with the asks. Mm. It's like this person asked this, but it's like death by a thousand cuts. It's like so many asks over and over and over by different people right. that managing that at such a young age seems overwhelming because like Michael said, you don't know, you don't have the tools well, that you have when you're an adult. And mm-hmm. people can be assholes about it. They say, well, this is what you wanted. You should be grateful, which you are on one hand of grateful, course. but at the same time, like sometimes people don't understand personal boundary. Totally. And I think yeah, I mean, I am so, so grateful. Like, honestly, I really am. And I'm very humble about everything that I have. But it was just, it was hard not really having like a full on childhood, you know? Like, I see all of my friends like just being normal with their friends, and I didn't really get to have that. So it was like, I felt like I really missed out a lot in my life. You're almost mourning something that is in a way owed to you. Mm-hmm. Like, a childhood, it, it's like, it's, it should be owed to a child. Of course. So that makes sense of why it gives you anxiety. I can mm-hmm. totally understand that. Yeah. So when do you start talking to your audience about mental health issues? I started very young, actually. I started talking about anxiety when I was like 13 because I feel like it was so, it was just so awesome to see other, you know, social media influencers or whatever talk about it. And and it honestly helped me so much that I felt like maybe someone else can relate to this as well and make me also feel like I'm not alone because I felt I felt like I was the only one that was having anxiety when I was younger because it wasn't talked about as much until I grew older and it's now like a thing. There's God. nothing natural too about having a camera shoved in your of face course. and producers <laughs> telling you what to do. I mean, I like it. It's very, very intense. There's nothing natural about that. And I think growing up with that would be very, very overwhelming. It seems like you've handled it very eloquently. And the fact that you have the awareness to go to therapy is incredible at 18 years old. Thank you. Do you still do therapy? Are you still like, are you an advocate for it? Oh, I, I definitely think everyone should at least try therapy at least once. I mean, sometimes it doesn't work out for people, but I it it has helped me tremendously I just am I feel weird talking with you know someone that I've paid to listen to my feelings you know like I feel like 
they're only listening because they're being paid and that's what we're not we're not being paid we're here no we're listening. not you not you know, not know, you I'm like, um, you can come talk on yeah, I'm like, please i will free. no you guys are great <laughs> i didn't know that payment was an option yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, um, no i get that but, I, I, yeah. think I would i struggle with that kind of thing i've never done therapy i'm mm-hmm. not saying that i listen I'm you not do the therapy every single day with me i'm a therapist you should pay me when you have friends that are your therapist you don't need a therapist well <laughs> okay. so, but what i do do to your point is like i keep the circle tight right right I feel like that's super important. I mean, you know, a lot of times people just like, especially people in your position, like I've, I've we've had people come in this studio and the entourage is bigger than the, it, right. I, like I haven't, I, I don't know that many people in my life. Right. It's just like, I'm like, what is going on out here? Right. Um, and I think that could be problematic. So you got to keep it tight, but no, I mean, I can understand why it might feel strange for some people, not just you or me to get mm-hmm. into therapy and be like, you're just listening to me because it's your job. Right. When at the same time, you're like burying your soul to this person. Exactly. But again, like we've had so many people come on here and talk about how beneficial it really is. It really is. Like it it helps me tremendously. Like I don't get I don't get so worked up anymore because it's just so you should talk to even if you're scared of therapy, you should talk to your mom, you should talk to your sister, you should you should talk about your feelings because I feel like bottling them up has just made me like explode, you know. But in a way I can imagine also with you and tell me if I'm wrong, you've probably felt at times where like this is a hard thing to complain about. Of course. And not a lot of people relate to it because it's like, here I am, I'm upset because all these people are coming up to me and I'm famous <laughs> and like I'm on a show and the majority of people from the outside are looking at that like, wah, wah, too bad for you. Like they would die for that opportunity because they haven't experienced it. Right. And so you're in this weird position where these are real struggles you're going through, but it's not relatable. We recently had Jordan Harper of Barefaced on the podcast, and I got to pick her brain on all things skincare. And she gave me these pads, okay? They're glow pads. They sell out all the time. And holy shit, they are incredible, okay? It's like medical grade skincare pads. And you basically rub them on your face. I like to do it after I wash my face, but I also have been taking it down my neck and even on my chest. And this is crazy, but even on my hands. If you're new to skincare and you don't know where to start, or maybe you have skincare, but you feel confused, they have a bare necessities kit. So this consists of the core four products that are needed for all skin types. So you can go on and get these medical grade skincare products that everyone needs to use. I thought that was really smart that she has these core four that anyone and everyone can use that are great for all skin types. Best part about it is if you need education or personalization, they have you covered. Go on their Instagram at barefaced and they literally have their number and you can text them and talk with a skincare specialist. They give you personalized recommendations. Personally though, I would check out those glow pads. I mean, they're legit. Head to their Instagram at Bareface to find a wealth of information on all things skincare. And of course, as always, I have a code for you. Use code SKINNY at checkout to get 15% off your first purchase on barefaced.com. That's barefaced.com, code SKINNY. The iconic ring concierge on the podcast. And people went wild because her jewelry is absolutely insane. She is a leading luxury jeweler. And if you go on her Instagram, you will just... (laughs) freak out. I'm constantly sharing her items with Michael in our DMs. She has fine jewelry that you can wear every day. She also has custom handcrafted engagement rings. So if you're looking for a little 
hint, hint, nudge, nudge to your significant other. This is a really great place to start. And she makes fine jewelry at every single price point. I currently am texting with her to redo the stack on my ear. I have like a bunch of piercings on my right ear and I wanted something to really brighten my eyes. And she's working with me in the best way. She's like sending me all these different pictures. We're going back and forth. And I just feel like her brand is so youthful and beautiful. And she has taste. Influencers are obsessed. Celebrities are obsessed. You see so many with her jewelry. I'm sure you guys have seen it on Instagram or on your For You page. And if you haven't listened to the episode with her, I learned so much about buying any kind of jewelry or buying an engagement ring. I just feel like she's a wealth of knowledge. You can check her out at Ring Concierge on Instagram. Shop fine jewelry at ringconcierge.com and use code SKINNY. You get 20% off your fine jewelry purchase. That's ringconcierge.com. Shop fine jewelry at ringconcierge.com and use code SKINNY. I am someone who travels a lot. And I'm constantly trying to be healthy when I travel, but it is a struggle. But leave it to the Westin Hotels to fix this issue. Okay, you guys. First of all, they have over 200 destinations around the world and they're committed to all things wellness. So what they've done is they've made travel an opportunity to actually enhance your well-being. They have like this whole situation that's dedicated to move, eat, and sleep well. They even have a Weston workout fitness studio. It's equipped with state-of-the-art equipment and you can customize your workouts while on the go. They have like Bala products that you can borrow during your stay. They really thought of everything. You can do your own thing in your guest room with workout and recovery gear. It's all available on On Demand through Weston's gear lending program. You should know they also have Eat Well. They have Weston chefs and craft design dishes to keep your well-being in mind. So they've really zoned in on portion control. They think about nutritional balance. They're just committed to helping you eat healthy, nourishing meals. And lastly, they have sleep well. This is all about recharging your body and mind with a restorative sleep. Weston's even has a renowned heavenly bed. So they really thought of all the things health and wellness wise at Weston Hotels. There's amenities and offerings aimed to help you move well, eat well, and sleep well. So you can keep your well-being close while away. Find wellness on your next day at Weston. Even when I first started talking about anxiety on social media, a lot of people would be like, okay, but you're privileged and you and you blah, blah, blah. And you can pay for therapy and you have this. So you can't you can't deal with these struggles like I do. And it's like I completely I completely understand. Like I I do have a lot going for me and I and I'm so blessed to like have this life. But of course, everyone goes through struggles no matter what you're doing in life. So I feel like that was hard for me to be like maybe I don't, maybe I am not qualified to have these issues or like maybe I can't feel this way because I have so much, you know? The privilege police though, the problem with this, <laughs> the privilege the police. The problem with the privilege police is that who's deciding what you're allowed and what right. you're not allowed to do and what box or which category of income or like, there's not like a manual for what you're, do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like they come out and they they give you these sort of like, boxes that you're allowed to you're allowed to have anxiety if you have this but you're not allowed if you have this like i just don't know who invented this personal (laughs) perception is obviously very different for everybody and there could be the same like maybe we lauren and i could have the same issue that issue could devastate her and maybe not upset me at all it doesn't mean that the issue to her is not important right it's like and i think people you know their worst experience is their worst experience where if something happens to somebody like i don't know i'll use something extreme like the loss of a child 
they're going to feel like that type of loss is out, is so devastating. The person complaining to that person about losing their job has no, the, the, the perception is so far gone. Right. But if the person that lost their job, the worst thing that ever happened to them is that they lost their job, then the, the still the perceived trauma is still just as strong. Of course. And so like going in from the outside and telling people what they can feel sad or mad or upset about based on your experiences is, is, a, is a bit insensitive, mm-hmm. right? Of course. Because it doesn't, you know, like you may, you get what I'm saying here? Yes, totally. And but and that's the problem with people. like and, and also those people that say privilege, like there's people in other parts of the world that have it way worse than those right. people. So it's just that's like what I'm saying. There's not, it's yeah. Like, it's like people in other areas of the world have it way, way harder than the people are saying that you can't feel this way. Right. So this is like, this is, there's this fake scale that people have just made up on the internet the reality is, is what what you said. Everyone feels differently about different experiences mm-hmm. and you have to hold space to let people go through what they're going through without constantly attacking them. Privilege police. Of course. Privilege police. <laughs> How do you, do, in, again, and I asked this actually curiously selfishly for my own daughter. When you're that young and you're on these platforms and the world is commenting on what you're doing, how you're behaving, you know, what you're wearing, you know, what you're eating, like all of these things, like basically the world is being a voyeur into your personal life at a young age. Like, how are you able to kind of cipher through what to listen to and what to block out? It was really hard for me when I was younger. I mean, when I was a teenager, like I, I of course, was still trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted to do and the people I wanted to surround myself with. So of course, like everything that I did was on the internet. Like say I said a bad word when I was 11, like it got exposed and then I would get in trouble and then like people would hate on me. Like it's, there's so much hate in the world. So it's like social media and having myself on that so young, it was really hard trying to be like, I, these people are bored and they don't mean this stuff. And they, it's, you know, they're just trying to, get a reaction out of you. Like, I feel like it took me a really long time to just come to terms with that and be like, I I know who I am and I know I'm a good person. And if these people are hating on me, then they get lost, you know? Do you ever take breaks? Yes. <laughs> so do I. Yes. I take breaks. I love breaks. And if I didn't have breaks, <laughs> that I wouldn't have peace of mind. Same, you have yes. to take breaks. How do you do that? Do you, Is it something that you plan out? Is it something that you just feel day to day? I... You know, if there's like one day where I'm like, okay, this is, I'm, it's getting too much. I will just genuinely call my team and be like, okay, I'm going to take a two week break. And they're like, okay. Two week, no no Instagram stories, nothing. You know, some, it's, it just depends if I, if I want to, if I don't, it's kind of just like from everything, from work, from, you know, writing sessions, from, you know, anything. So you'll just say, I want to take a break from it all. Yes. All of it. And they respect that. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I've been with the same basically with the same team since I was six years old. So like my manager is like my second, like one of my moms, like really, she really, she knows us from the back of our hand. Like she's, she believes in us. And if we want a break, she doesn't want to burn us out. So she lets us take a break. Well, my thing is too, if you're playing a long game, which you are, you're building a brand, you're becoming a singer too, Mm -hmm. you are a singer, you have all these different things that you're doing. Absence is just as important as presence. Of course. And I think that we're about to see a huge shift with people understanding that absence is just as important. People have put such a fucking emphasis Mm -hmm. on presence and showing up to social media every day and posting on Instagram every single day that what it's doing is it's completely exhausting. Right. And it's making people feel like they have no capacity for anything else because they're showing up day after day after day. 
for me, I'm, I'm, I'm building something that's long-term. And if you're going to run a marathon, you have to realize that the importance of breaks and being absent is just as important as showing up. Totally. It's like, it's almost like an athlete. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm happy that that shift is about to come. I have a Thank sideball you. question for you. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of new young parents listening. And I think one thing that we all think about now, which we never thought about before is this is not going away, right? right? Like this busier and busier having the experiences that you've had, if you had your own little one and you knew this was going to be part of their life, like how, how would you navigate that for them? Or, how, or what would you allow them to do or not do? Cause, cause again, Lauren and I didn't have these things until we got out of college. Right. right? It's like, wasn't, we weren't exposed to it. And so now you think like, okay, you can't shield them from everything. Right. But at the same time, like there's gotta be some healthy balance. Are you, do you ever think about that? I do all the time. I mean, I have, my my baby cousin, she was on social media. She was kind of on TikTok and she would post and she would do all these dances and everything and at, at like nine. And, and, and it was like, you know, TikTok, for example, like you can't really, you don't know what's going to show up on your phone. So she, of course, would like be making these like cute, like twerking videos and dancing and like doing all of these things. And of course, my her mom didn't know about it, but it's just like you can't really shield your kids from that. So she obviously we made her delete it. Like she was not allowed to have TikTok until later in life. But, you know, I feel like it's so hard to shield your kids from like the stuff now because everything is just so exposed. Like I feel like nowadays it's like there's just it's just too much now. What age do you think is appropriate? I was just going to ask, what age is the appropriate age for a little girl to go on TikTok? Oh my gosh. 25. Yeah, I'm like 13, 12, like 11. I don't know. Like it's, Mm. it just, it's (sighs) crazy. I feel like Instagram is kind of different where like you you can follow people. You know what I'm saying? Like it's kind of generated to your own liking a bit. But the problem that I have with it is that what pops up on the For You no, page exactly. and on the Instagram, mm-hmm. whatever, Explore page, I just feel like it's not reality. And mm-hmm. what what I, exactly. people always ask, like, what I'll tell my daughter and what I will tell her is that it's a movie set. You are in a movie set when you are on social media. Mm-hmm. It's makeup artists that have done people's makeup. It's people who have had plastic surgery. It's people who have filtered their image like it is a directed and produced movie set right so you have to look at it like that because if you're not looking at it through the eyes of it being a movie set it can really fuck you up totally totally and I think growing up also in the public eye and seeing all of that on Instagram of all these girls that were so tiny and had big boobs and like were perfect and like it was so hard because like I would always just be like wow I'm I'm not I don't look like that like I don't I will never look like that and like I'm ugly compared to them you know and it just sets this false reality where it's like if I don't look like that I'm not good enough and I feel like that's what a lot of teenagers have gone through where it's like I would die to be you and I would blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but no one actually looks like that. It's, Instagram's a highlight reel. Like, you know what I'm yes. saying? You're not going to post a picture of you like just waking up with drool on your face and like in your PJs. Like no one's going to do that. I do post a picture of me wearing mouth tape. Which, by the way, <laughs> is way cooler. Like I, I feel like, I feel like my friends and I, like we don't care about social media. Like I genuinely post like ugly photos of me and I make fun of it and like whatever. And and people don't do that. And I'm like, wow, this is honestly so funny. I look like a joke on the internet because everyone's posting like bikini photos and I'm just like 
not at all. I think people (laughs) want that now, though. I think like a thousand percent. I think like the bikini images, it's just like so overproduced now that people are just scrolling past it. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the difficulty and why I'm asking is I think the previous generation that didn't have access to this and we're like, now we have it, obviously we use it, but like your parents, for example, like they're, it, it, it's probably very difficult for parents who grew up when this technology did not even exist to try to contextualize. So now I think your generation, our generation, you're going to be able to go to the next generations of young people and say, okay, like this is how you have to look at this mm-hmm. stuff in a healthy way. Well, like if you're just going through this and nobody's giving you any kind of insight into what's going on, it can start to mess with your head of because course. you think this is the, this is reality and that's not my reality. So I must not be good enough. Okay. You said to if you grew up without a parent i hope you know that you're not alone and this record can provide some type of peace and safe space for you all there's a lot of people that only grew up with one parent many that grew up with no parents mm-hmm. what is your advice you know i think my what got me through kind of this whole situation i think it was just surrounding myself with really good people i feel like my friends were like the the people that really got me through everything in my life and you know having my sister was just like such a good support system because we both were experiencing it and I I honestly think you know going to therapy I feel like would definitely help and also surrounding yourself with good people and doing things that you love I feel like there's so many things that you know with having one single parent there's so many things that you think about that's like I'm not loved or I'm not my family doesn't want me or my dad doesn't want me or it just kind of puts you in this like spot where you just feel like unwanted. And I feel like that's just not true. I feel like everyone will everyone loves someone. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like my friends love me more than anyone in this world. Where can everyone find everything you're doing? Tell us about American Eagle. Tell us all the things you're doing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so my sister and I are doing a collaboration with American Eagle and we are so excited because obviously we don't work together as much anymore. We kind of are going in separate paths. She does acting, I do music. And so it's really nice for us to kind of do something together. It's kind of like old times. It's very nostalgic. Um, But yeah, so it's finally coming out. We've done it. We've been doing it for like a year now. So it's, it just feels amazing. Did you guys design clothes together? All of it. Cool. The whole collection. Cool. Yeah. Is there anything that will look cute on me? Absolutely. Everything. Like seriously, everything. This collection, I feel like we, since we're dancers, I feel like we're so specific on what's flattering and what's not because we're moving around so much. Like we really wanted to make this a perfect collection for everyone to wear. No matter what your body type is, we want you to feel comfortable in it. Love it. Yeah. Okay. And what, where can everyone find your album, your Instagram with 14 million followers, (laughs) your TikTok? Pimp yourself out. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, My Instagram is Kenzie. My TikTok is Mackenzie Ziegler. Everything is mainly Kenzie other than my TikTok. And yeah, my my Spotify is Kenzie. I'm excited to see where you are in 10 years. Thank you. (laughs) To be this far along at your age business-wise is incredible and also not just business-wise but in therapy it sounds like you are evolving and evolved so thank, thank you. you for coming on thank you for having thank me you, you guys are this. awesome thank you kenzie for thank coming you on. thank, thank you thank you guys Appreciate so much you. if you want to watch us on youtube you can now come hang out with video simply search the skinny confidential on youtube and you can see all of our episodes there cheers <laughs>